listening to Drawing the Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. And today we're doing part two of Biblical Morality. We had so much fun last week, we just had to do it again. Really looking forward to this one. Absolutely. Let's get started. Episode seven. We're already laughing. It's already been a good time. Uh, it's a continuation laugh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty much. This is our this is our second attempt at saying the very beginning of this, but I think it's going well. We made it like 10 seconds into that first take. Yeah. And it was a great 10 seconds. But I am, I mean, this is part two of part one of morality. Right. This is episode seven, technically. 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 But... You know, going through the morality topic, um, it just was bigger than one episode. Right. Which most of our topics we could say is bigger than one episode, but I think morality, especially um, since, you know, we we had a different perspective on it, um, is something that I think warranted a part two. Well, we got, you know, again, we're, we're trying to tie morality uh, to the Bible, we, yeah. you know, biblical morality or Bible-based morality. And so that led us into a bunch of different things like, uh, you know, scary words like relativism. Right. We talked about absolute truth. We didn't talk about it, but I think some of the things we're uh, edging up to are questions of, of inspiration and inerrancy and divine revelation. Mm-hmm. So we're getting into some of the really big issues um, but yeah, I'm super excited about today to re-engage on a couple of these things and to maybe complete some thoughts um, that we had to, you know, we were just a little cut short on last time. Yeah. And b- before we get really into it, um, I wanted to take time to ask you to subscribe, but Brad wanted to do it this time because I did it last time. So we're going to switch off. Yeah. I mean, we really appreciate, first of all, the feedback we've received, uh, positive feedback, mostly, yeah, no, definitely. almost exclusively, right? We mm-hmm. just shut our ears if it's not good. Absolutely. But um, yeah, you know, subscribe, uh, give us a, a great rating or, or, or just don't, if you don't want to give us a great rating, just don't give us a rating at all. <laughs> it really helps though. I think it helps. It does. It definitely helps. It, it helps um, somehow. The algorithms love it. Mm-hmm. So we do too. Uh, so that's it. That's my pitch. Yeah. Well, you nailed it. Thank you. Thanks. Probably leave it to Brad from now on. I think I got really wordy with mine last week. Um, okay. So in, into biblical morality, part two, um, I think some, some great things were discussed in part one and, um, going to try to put a pretty ribbon on this and make an attempt to close it up, which may be absolutely impossible, but I think we're going to try. And, um, Kind of into maybe giving a quick recap, I guess, of, of both of our perspectives on this. Um, you know, you I, go first. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'm yeah, our, go first. Why not? Why not? I um, yeah. Uh, I would say that my morality is completely based off the Bible, um, completely biblical based, and I believe that without if if I if I decide to stray away from that, then I give myself room for human error and, um, you know, looking at Romans will more than God's will, which is scary to me. And so when I decide to do that, that's when I think the path that leads to destruction. Right. right. And, and, and I know that that's, I don't know that that's saying it that way makes it sound so like, 
old school church, fire, brimstone, whatever. But well, you sh- you need to say the path that leads to destruction. Yeah, you have to say it like that. If you don't say it like that, then it, you know, are people really going to feel it in their soul, in their heart of hearts? Um, no, but I, I I feel you on this. Uh, I believe me. I, I hear what you're saying, and I don't want to cut you off. I want you to keep going, but but I hear what you're saying that um, you don't know. Like, okay, well, what if we don't just you if I don't only use the Bible sort of what what principled approach do I take mm-hmm. or what would the principle be and how could I keep myself from veering completely off course onto the path of destruction right, right? absolutely you, you, you are you will be inexorably led to that path sure if you don't just stick on the straight and narrow because narrow is the path and right if you find it, Right, but it leads to righteousness. That's right. So, any anything else? You- no, I mean, I th- I think that in a nutshell, that's it. Obviously, we could go into like super in depth, but I don't know that that's necessary right now. And we talked about it a little bit last podcast right, right. episode and, and too. So. No, so I think that, that was a good recap. And and so, I guess my perspective, it's almost not fair that you get to go first because <laughs> I get to sort of pick, pick you apart a little bit. So I'll let you re- reply oh, that, if you if you rebuttal. want to. Rebuttal. But. I guess my point or one of the points I was trying to make last week is that I don't actually think you are just using the scripture, okay. right? And, and and I don't say that, you know, about just you. I, I'll say, let's say we. I don't think me and you and most of uh, Christendom or, or let's just let's just focus in on, on evangelicals okay. are just using the Bible. I think we have said for many, many years that we're just using the Bible. Mm-hmm. I, th- I do think people say that a lot. Sure. I also think people believe that, that they're just using the Bible. So what I was trying, but what I was trying to show last week is I think there are a number of examples where we don't actually use the Bible and we wouldn't want to use the Bible. Um, in addition to that, there are numerous examples of people incorrectly using the Bible in ways that we would now all agree were bad ways to use the scripture right. to define morality. Um, and so I think what I'm just trying to do maybe is be, from my from my perspective, is to be a bit more transparent about the process I am using. And, you know, I talked last week about how experience, culture, society, uh, mentors, friends, teachers, authors, um, even my own children, I, I think about the things that they've taught me. I feel like I'm being taught and I'm gaining wisdom and my moral compass, if you will, mm-hmm. um, is being fed and is 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 growing and, and changing, if I'm being honest, um, along with all those influences. And yes, the Bible is a is a centerpiece, a, a cornerstone. It, it's very, very important. Mm-hmm. But for me, I would not say it's the only thing that I look at. So I want to make sure, again, that was just kind of a, maybe well, a bit yeah. of a recap. From well, last it, was, week. it was good though. I think it, it's, it's okay. what people, I, I think that you, you did a great job of just explaining essentially what we got into last week. Obviously there were some other things that we talked about more. Please, please go back and listen to that. Take a, like pause it now. Yeah. You have a good idea of where yeah. we started last week. Pause this one now, go to last week's, listen to that. And then you, maybe you'll have a, it it would definitely would just help in what we're moving forward with now because we're going to make an attempt to maybe 
you know, glisten over what we talked about last week, but go more in depth on a few other things. Well, let's let's start here. I don't want to derail you, Roman, but no, let's good. start here because you said something this week that you mentioned it last week just in passing, and then you mentioned it again this week. And so I want to talk about this because I'm imagining that a lot of people listening might have the same uh, fear or concern. Okay. And that is that unless we define our our North Star Mm-hmm. as as the bible as the only source for morality unless we do that um then we will plunge into relativism which means that there is no basis um there there is no uh there is no north star there is no absolute truth that we can sail our ship by sure um so i guess can you tell me more about that or or, or is that I guess I want to know, like, have you seen that? Have have you seen that sort of play out? Have you seen that that people that once they stop using perhaps exclusively the scripture, or 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 explain to me why you believe that once you would start allowing experience or some of these other things that I was talking about, once you would let them in and and, and allow them to inform you mm-hmm. uh, your, your your morality. Why does that lead to a path uh, of destruction? Right. Okay. So <laughs> or what, or not necessarily destruction, but why does that lead in the wrong path? Where does that make you go? Right. I don't necessarily. I. I, I guess I should very, very immediately clarify that I don't think that that will absolutely send you down okay. that path. But you're worried about it. But but concern. but I think that it is it is a path that can take you there. I think that it is a possibility. It gives you, it opens up that door of opportunity to go down that path because, um, I mean, human error, you know, I mean, human flaw, sin is, is it can, can creep into that. Right. And, and Satan can take a foothold within that because you are learning from other individuals who also sin. Now, does that mean that you can't learn good things from those individuals that also sin? Obviously, you can learn things from people. I don't want to make it seem like learning things is from other uh, of other individuals is is wrong. That's not what I'm trying to say. However, I do think that when even those things that you learn from other people are boiled down, it still comes from the word. Um, and I would like to sort of back that up um, by using scripture, which is I don't know if that's ironic no, or that's not. Fine. But yeah, um, absolutely. <clears throat> I think about Romans 12. Uh, one and two, where it says, you know, I, I, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, the idea behind that is um, society and culture oftentimes, and I would even like to say more often than not, fall into that pattern of this world section of that verse. Not always. I, we talked about that in the last episode. Right. It does not always. Sometimes there are great things that come from that, but there are often times when it does. And and deciding as to whether or not you are living within that, living for that, or intentionally not conforming to that becomes the issue when you decide to go that direction. However, if you, you know, offer your body as a living sacrifice, obviously that's just talking about your entire existence. Everything that you are becomes God's, right? And 
being able to do that then gives the opportunity to approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I think that when, um, and that, that's a key, that's key there is God's will and not my own or not, you know, Brad's or not, you know, my mom or my dad or my sister or any, you know, my best friend, whatever, right? Like their will, though it may not be wrong, does not necessarily mean that it is perfect. And if I'm striving for that, then I will, I will miss out at least at times and sometimes more often than not, and this is me even speaking for myself, miss out on God's will, which is always perfect. Right. So this really comes back, I think what you're talking about really comes back to theology. And so you're, um, I think what you're saying comes from a theological framework where we should always distrust ourselves, right? That anytime it's us involved, or you said even friends or family, because we are not perfect as God is perfect. Correct. If it comes from us, then it is suspect and could lead us down a path. So we'd have to keep coming back to whatever is is perfect, and that would be the Word of God. Right. Am I am I yes. phrasing that correctly? Correct. Okay. So I'm following you. I'm tracking with that. So let's let's talk about that. I guess for a minute. Um. You know, I you use scripture. This is gonna be like a old time sword fight, right? <laughs> Right, 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 right. So uh, uh, Romans uh, chapter Mm 2, verse 14, there's this interesting section here, you know, where, where Paul talks about, you know, the Gentiles who do not have the law, they do by nature the things the law requires. They're a law for themselves, or I think the King James has a law unto themselves, even right. though they don't have the law. Right. They show the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them, and at other times defending them. I always thought that was a very interesting scripture, because to me, what Paul is acknowledging here is that even people who don't necessarily have the law, the Judaic law laid down, sure. that people are people have consciences, right? Correct. They, they do. Like they people have a sense of what is morally right and what is morally wrong. Like it's not just uh because I mean, there are certainly people out there that are that are atheists or agnostic or whatever, but they're mm-hmm. they're they're avowed atheists, but they're not going to murder someone, right? Or or they're going to you know keep a, a commitment, um, you know, to their spouse, mm-hmm. or they're going to um, you know recognize that people who have uh, uh, less than them are, you know, should, should be helped or they're, they're going to want to treat other, they're going to follow the golden rule right. separate and apart from its existence in scripture. So I guess that's one point is that even the scripture, again, I'm, I'm trying to use the scripture here, right, right. even the scripture seems to recognize that humans do have a recognition of what is right and wrong. I think we, we talked a little bit about last week that, you know, through the entire book of Genesis, we don't even have the revelation of the law, but you know, you, you have God saying, you know, unequivocally, it's like, you know, Cain murdering your brother Abel was wrong, mm-hmm. right? Or, or the, the way people were acting before the flood, that was wrong. You know, we have other examples of, you know, even Jacob is, his name means the deceiver, Right. Right. Like, so you, you have, and, and we see deceit in a lot of these Bible stories and we see action that's, that's right and action that's wrong mm-hmm. before we actually get, 
um, you know, the, the scripture. So, so I, I, I guess I point that out to just point out that even the scripture seems to acknowledge that there is, uh, you know, the people do have a moral sense and, and a conscience where they can determine right and wrong. But I guess this is the other thing where I would, where I would differ in terms of distrusting ourselves. You know, I do believe that the Holy Spirit, we talked about it last week, and I think we said last week we're going to probably talk about it more this week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely believe that the Holy Spirit has a very important role to play here. So, you know, we're, we're made in the image of God, as we've talked about before. Yeah. But we also have the Spirit of God in us. Sure. And the Spirit of God, I mean, we could go through the list of all the different things that, that, that the Scripture says that the Spirit does within us. Yeah. You know, it convicts us, it, it, it motivates us, it, it advocates, it, it, it counsels us. It's all these different things at the same time. Well, you can even go into the fruits of the Spirit, what, well, what you're able to do through it. So oh, how a, you can a, do through it. absolutely. But I think I, I'm sort of focusing on the moral part, so sure. sort of the internal compass part and in, in the way that the Holy Spirit would help guide us. I mean, that's what Jesus said. I'm sending you a helper that will guide you, you know, guide us into truth. Right. So, I mean, what what does... What does the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit's only function in guiding us into truth, helping us turn to the right page in the scripture? Or does the Holy Spirit actually work and lead us into truth internal to us, um, separate and apart from the scripture, not, not divorced from it alongside it, mm-hmm. but, but doesn't the Holy Spirit have a role there? Doesn't it have a an extremely active role in helping us determine what's right and what's wrong. Well, growing up, I've heard two things. One was that the Holy Spirit was basically just the Bible, essentially, which was like weird, and I never really understood that concept. And then I, and then someone kind of said that the Holy Spirit is basically like Jiminy Cricket, and you just like sitting on your shoulder, and that's that's a Pinocchio reference, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and so he's basically telling you like no, don't do that. Or right. absolutely. You should go do that. Or I mean, or like the, the angel and the devil chilling on your shoulders or whatever. And, um, I don't necessarily think that's how the Holy spirit works. And, and, and I'm also going to say that I don't necessarily have a complete grasp on how I think the Holy spirit does its thing. Well, let's, let's acknowledge that at least what, so what you were exposed to is admittedly an extremely limited role of the Holy spirit. Oh yeah, Would not you, until not until like I got to college and studied on my own. Like, right, were you able to see that there's not not just dispensationalism or other or charismatic movements, but you know what? You at some point you were opened up to see that wow, okay, wait, there are other Christians out here oh, who yeah. see the Holy Spirit as having a completely different role. Than oh yeah. Just, yeah, oh well, sort of you know when the last apostle laid hands on the last person and mm-hmm. you know. The miracle ceased and the, you know, once inspiration stopped for the scripture, you know, the Holy Spirit sort of went to sleep or, or, right. or, or, or whispers in your ear to do the right. Yeah, things. it was the, you know, growing up, it was that, you know, people that, you know, they're, they're, there's this really big misinterpretation of the spirit because of the whole like speaking in tongues and those people are crazy and blah, blah, blah. I mean, and that's just that that was what I was kind of it was a way taught. to distinguish your own tribe from, you know, we are not those people like we're not handling snakes. We're not right. speaking in tongues. We're not you know, we don't believe in right. you know miraculous healings that all stopped. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's not us. Right. And, and I think that, you know, for me, that idea of the spirit 
still comes from the word. I still have that understanding of what the spirit can do for me right. because of what I have been given from the word. I, I We mentioned something this past week, or last week, and, and yet again, I'm not trying to do a complete recap or whatever. No, it's fine. About... Um, uh, the like the Ten Commandments sort of being like some of the fir- like the the first kind of commandments laid down, but the very first commandment ever laid down was you can't eat from the tree of knowledge of That's good right. and evil, right? And where to go, Eve um, and Adam? But we're gonna we're gonna say Eve at first, right? Not not to call anybody out, but yeah, Eve ate it first, and <clears throat> there was that temptation there. And I, I've always wondered, like. Were Adam and Eve just like super chill with God? Were they like really cool, just hanging out, like just having these like, you know, these one-on-one conversations with God on a regular basis? And then they ate this fruit, and God's like, "Hmm, no more of this." Yeah, I, I always, I always sort of wonder too. Back to our discussion of twenty-four hour days, like, I mean, you read the scripture, it sort of sounds like, you know, they they were created, and maybe this happened on day two, right? Right? Like, for all we know, I, I guess maybe it did. Um, I, I'm not sure if it, if it matters how long they were there or not, but it's <laughs> right. interesting to think about it. If I think about m- myself, um, and, and the time, the number of times a day I screw up. I mean, I think whenever somebody, uh, or, or myself or somebody around, whenever I make a mistake, I like to think of it like, well, you know what? If this is the worst mistake I make today, then maybe that's not too bad. Right. <laughs> Cause at least I know I've already sort of hit the high watermark for the day. Right. Um, but you know, it might not have been very long. I, I think the, again, maybe the, the most important point of the story is that we do mess up. Right. Absolutely. And, and so like the first, and we're not of, great at following rules. Right. Maybe yeah. Too, right? So like the, the first like moral dilemma seemingly, and I don't know if it was the first one, maybe there were other moral dilemmas that came up. I don't know that, but I, I know of the moral dilemma that came up when the snakes slash Satan is talking to Eve and it's like, yo, you can know what God knows. And that's what he doesn't want you to know. Like he doesn't want you to be on the same level as him. So you should eat this, and then you you you're there. Yeah. And, and you won't die. Right. And and Eve's like sick. <laughs> you know. I mean, obviously, it, she probably didn't say sick, but it, right. Can we also acknowledge that's that, from the message? Right. That's <laughs> Eugene Peterson. Sick. Can we can we also acknowledge that Eve was the first parcel mouth? Um, if you're a Harry Potter fan, Eve was the first person to talk to snakes. She's probably related to Harry Potter. Probably made a lot of people upset. I didn't know we were going to go. Uh, <laughs> we, I know I didn't know we we're going to go Deathly Hallows on everybody here. Fa- Lauren and I, Lauren, my wife, and I are currently reading through the Harry Potter, or not reading, but watching the Harry Potters. Right. And um, well, we all know where that falls on the morality oh, spectrum. Way off, uh, <laughs> more than likely, witches and wizards. And, oh. You've got yourself completely off track yeah, now. Yeah, okay. All right, so sorry. Let me bring so that back in. in the garden, this was the first rule. You're right. We right. get the Ten Commandments come, you know, the next book over, but this was the first rule, and they messed it up. Right, and, and they messed it up. And so my, my thought is the idea behind, and, and this is probably a whole episode of itself, is like is man inherently good or inherently evil? Yeah, yeah. How do we, how do we go about, like, deciding um, as to whether or not, I mean, even even the thought of, like, saying that man is inherently evil is like a scary thought because I don't want to, I don't want to ever believe that. Right. Um, Well, maybe there's something inside of you, maybe the Holy spirit that is telling you that's, that's not the case, but I think you're actually making a a pretty good argument here, which is, you know, maybe this is why we should be concerned is because this was Eve, you know, maybe she wasn't using the Holy spirit, but Eve and Adam uh, were, 
justifying you know they 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 were justifying right, the, yeah. the the breaking of this of this moral command that mm-hmm. was laid down they wait a second you know it does look good for food and you know that knowledge would be nice i mean that's what it says they saw it look look good and yeah. and it was desirable for gaining knowledge and so they did it so it was like they they talked themselves into it and so i guess maybe your argument is you know we could talk ourselves into a lot of things and oh, yeah. i totally agree with you yeah i totally agree with you that there there's always a danger because of selfishness, because of, of pride, because of jealousy, because of all these sort of dark sides of, of, of human emotions right. and thoughts and feelings. Yeah. There's always a way that we could convince ourselves um, you know, that, that doing wrong is, is right. Yeah. I, th- this hopefully this won't take us too far off track, but in my, in my lawyer world, I've had a number of different times where I've been involved in cases where there was embezzlement. Okay. From a company where, so somebody's stealing from their employer. Yeah. And in some cases they were just awful where, you know, some cases people stole millions of dollars Mm. from a business in one case from like a a family member from his, his brother-in-law, even though his own daughters were, were owners in the company sort of Mm. stole from the company, wrote bad checks. And the, the reason I bring that up is just because the, it's very interesting that the people who do this, they almost never start by, you know, taking $500,000. Right. They start like with $30 or doubling a paycheck or doing a credit card and then changing the entry. It's, it's, and when you go back and you, and you forensically look at what they did, um, it's maybe I'm arguing against myself now, but they, <laughs> you can see how sure. they justify and they justify. And in some cases it's like months and years and years and years, they have done this mm-hmm. and they have been able to justify it. So maybe I'm arguing that right. people are evil and maybe I'm arguing that you can justify yourself into anything, but it's a good point that, you know, we can talk ourselves into, uh, ways of, of action that are not good, but I'm not sure that it means that the Holy spirit is not, active and alive and there to help guide us into truth and into moral truth. Right. Um, and in, in a way that, that can help us. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say that, I mean, this will really, you know, if, if we were, if we were sort of having a disagreement before <laughs> this will really plunge us in, but um, you know, did the inspiration back to the way you were sort of taught about the Holy Spirit early on, which is very similar to me too, Mm -hmm. right? Then in some way, in a a way of looking at it, the Holy Spirit sort of stopped speaking when the revelation was completed, right? Mm -hmm. At least in terms, that's when the Holy Spirit stopped inspiring the biblical writers. And so to a certain extent, its, its work was done. So a question would be, could the Holy Spirit lead you to a different moral conclusion than the than the scripture that was inspired by the spirit so i'm you can, tell me what you think about can, so the I, I mean seemingly that sounds like i mean it would then be contradicting itself right well that right that would be the which, pro- that would be the problem or the potential problem right there. which is not possible is it not 
Isn't, well, I mean, like, and, and yet again, this is me not knowing my Bible enough, but like, I really thought that there was a, there was some sort of, there was a scripture and this is me maybe making something up that I just thought that I heard my whole life. Well, a kingdom can't be divided against itself. This right. is a Satan, you know, doesn't divide. Jesus makes this argument to the Pharisees, right. I think is something similar to yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where they say, wait a second, you, you can't, they say that he's uh, driving out demons by the power of Beelzebub. Right. And, and he says, well, wait a second, you know, why would Satan drive out Satan by Satan? Mm-hmm. That that's, so he sort of makes makes that argument, um, but I, no, no, I I hear what you're saying. It, it would, I guess, potentially seem like that. I, again, I think what this ends up doing, and this is, I guess, the point I'm trying to make in a roundabout way, is that it all depends, I think, on how we view and how we read scripture. Right. It all goes back to how we view and how we read Scripture. Which we did an episode on that, like we two did. episodes and, ago. And if we, read, if we read the Scripture as the result of the Holy Spirit through a divine dictaphone telling people exactly what to write and that what they wrote is absolute truth, mm-hmm. carved in stone, never to be changed or challenged, inerrant in every way. Right. I don't believe any of us read scripture that way, by the way, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. in theory, then, then yes, it would, it would make sense that if, if the Holy spirit led you to a different conclusion, that it would be, it would be inconsistent with itself. Right. So I think what has to happen, what, what, what has to happen. And, and I would say what's happened uh, to me is that I have changed the way that I look at scripture. And I, I talked about some of those ways on that scriptural interpretation podcast and oh, yeah. some last week, but I think there are some pretty clear examples, at least to me in scripture, where I don't think we read the scripture that way. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I understand we really want to read it that way because it provides so much certainty for us. Right. But I, I just... I think there's these examples of where we don't actually read it that way. And I'll, I just want to be honest about that. Okay. Your turn. Go, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm you're no, you're good. I'm mean, going I, off. No, I, I think that these are, these are good things though, because I think that neither one of us are alone in our, in our think in our thought right, process right. here. And I think that to be able to hear like other people say, like people that are listening to hear people say it out loud is so comforting. And yeah. so like, as I was telling you, like before the podcast, I've talked to a bunch of people before this part two episode, um, probably one for a little bit of comfort to know that I'm not alone in my thinking. Like that's like one of the reasons why kids don't raise their hand in class because I don't, people are going to think that my question oh, is Oh, you stupid. are not alone on this right. podcast. There are two voices <laughs> and tr- just because I'm saying it doesn't mean that I'm representing 50% of the people. Right. I totally get it. Right. And, and so like, I, I, it was so interesting because I, I made an, an earnest attempt to talk to people who I thought were in different walks of life. Um, and, and, and different, like, I mean, even from professions to people that are, um, you know, that are ministers to people that, you know, aren't even really that involved in church that often people who, um, quite frankly, don't believe in the whole church culture anyway. Right. And so it was, it was, it was such a, it was so, I don't know, cool is probably not a professional word to use, but I'm not a professional podcaster. So, um, I <laughs> just, it was cool. It was so, yeah. it was so refreshing to, to hear, you know, just different people's thoughts and ideas. And it was like morality is, is confusing, I think, 
And the reason that it's confusing sometimes is because everybody seemingly out of the, I don't know, 30 or 40 people that I talked to, there was maybe two or three that like said pretty much the same thing. And everybody had like little different add-ons or things that they either were like were about or they thought were kind of ridiculous. And it's just kind of all over the map. And to say that, you know, my way or the highway is, I think, is is a is a traditional church answer that has been said before for a long time, and I think that the church is starting to get out of that a little bit. And, um, and like in other words, the way we see it is the right way. If you disagree, you're obviously wrong. Right. Move on. Move right. along. If you don't agree, if you want to come be a part of us, you fall in line. Right. And and I can I can honestly say that. Um, you know, the, the church that the congregation that I'm currently at is, and I'm, and I'm, this isn't like a plug or whatever, cause I'm not even going to say the name, but like, uh, it is, we'll bleep it out later. Well, yeah, right. Like the, the, the leadership and, 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 and the guys that I, and, and, and women that I get to work with are it, that thought process is just not there. That, that whole idea of my way or the highway is not there. Yeah. And so even in having this conversation, even in thinking about morality, um, I'm not like afraid to voice my opinion. I'm not afraid to have, to, to, to put this out there, even though this is a topic that, you know, many people, many, many people struggle with, you know, if this is something that, you know, you're listening to and you're like, man, I, I don't know that, I don't know that I agree with Brad. I don't even know that I agree with Roman. Well, because we're sort of dancing around it here, but let me just go there, okay? Because I'm not uh, paid ministry staff, so (laughs) I I can say whatever. Guilty of that. I can I can say whatever I want to. I mean, here here's let's let's be honest. I mean, when we're talking about issues like homosexuality, you know, uh, transgender. you know, transgender roles, uh, women's roles. Right. Um, we're talking about, I mean, just about any, any sort of the touch, you know, hot button morality issues for Christians Mm -hmm. that, you know, some of these like homosexuality, it, it appears to sort of swallow up everything else to be like the most important thing because Jesus just spent so much time teaching on it. Right. He did. Um, please, please note, note my sarcasm there. But, um, you know, this is this all impacts how we how we view those issues. Oh yeah, this all impacts our position. So I think where we build the framework and 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 how we think about these things. And look, I know what's happening out there to all you people listening is that you're having to deal with this in the real world with friends and yeah. family members mm-hmm. and and acquaintances and coworkers and you're having to decide what do you think about this is it right or is it wrong the bible says this but i think this and what 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 principle way can i come to a to a moral conclusion so let let's do this if you don't mind roman because you mentioned this in two different podcasts including the last one Mm-hmm. I thought this might be kind of fun. I love hitting you with stuff that I don't tell you about. All right, absolutely. By the way, none of this is planned, people. I promise <laughs> it really you. Is not. The only thing that was planned is that we 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 planned to light a candle, and we did light a candle. <laughs> we did. <laughs> it's uh, it's woodland wildflower. It smells pretty good though. Scent just to sort of ease the tension in the room. It's working. <laughs> it is working. So for a couple of in a couple of the podcasts, you mentioned that you are not, uh, that you're opposed to the death penalty, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to need you to explain to me 
why you, so I, I guess, does that mean that you believe, I'm assuming that if somebody was up in Virginia, the death penalty is still on mm-hmm. the table. It's been outlawed in many other states. Oh, I didn't know that it was still in Virginia. Yeah, it is. Oh, I did not know uh, that. And, okay. and we had an electric chair until not, not too long oh, ago. Wow. Okay. So okay. I think it's a lethal injection now. So, um, somebody, you know, they do just the most heinous serial killer mm-hmm. rape, murder, the, the, the worst kind of things you can imagine. And right. they're, they're up to be executed. They've been tried by a jury, of their peers, they've been sentenced and they need you to go just carry out the sentence and, you know, inject them. So you would not, no, you would not do that. Now, um, does the scripture tell you that the death penalty is immoral? Do you mean it? Does it say those words like outright? Does it say I, like, thou you shalt tell- not? I mean, I personally think that it said that it, that Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount speaks against it. Um, and I mean, that when you, when you said that Matthew five is the first place that I went and when he talks about eye for an eye and love for your enemies, love for your enemies. So in your, in, in your interpretation of Matthew five, I mean, clearly Jesus isn't talking about lethal injection or firing squads or guillotines or any of those things, electric chairs. Um, right. right. I mean, I, well, the whole eye for an eye thing, not necessarily, but also like if, you know, I think the eye for an eye was like, if you looked at your like your 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 husband your your brother's wife or something like that in a in a sense then like he could take your eye out or something like that or or maybe it was something along those lines but right I'm not okay exactly so sure. so basically the way you're telling me that the enemy love teaching in the Sermon of the Mount I don't know you you tell me you're, I guess you're saying that you could never love your enemy by killing them I don't I mean do you think that <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, I, know I, I know I turned that around, but I mean, like, no, I, I guess, question. I guess here's my, the reason I'm asking the question is because I don't know that it naturally follows from scripture, that it naturally follows from scripture that, that there's anything wrong with the death penalty. I understand the 10 commandments. It says, do not murder. It doesn't say do not kill. People have always right. no, loved to remind me that. I agree, you agree with, with that. that. I agree with that. Okay. One. I agree with that. One. So, um, but, you know, in, in our system, in, in Romans 13, um, you know, where we're, these are laws that were passed. You know, God doesn't uh, elevate the authorities in vain. He does it so that they will keep laws and, and, and they will justly carry out the laws. Yeah. This laws have been passed by the state legislature. Like I said, some states have decided to take it away, but other states have not. Like Virginia, they they still have it. So if it's been passed, and it's 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 the law of the land, and if God placed these people in power, and there's no prohibition, then do you think it's moral or immoral to execute somebody? Uh, I think that that's why I use the word struggle. Um, and I know that that may sound like a cop out answer, but it's true. I mean, I, it's one of the, it's one of those areas where like, obviously the Bible doesn't come right out and say, you can't have the death penalty. Thou shalt not have death penalty. Um, but, um, you know, when I look at, you know, my moral hermeneutic interpretation mm-hmm. of the Sermon on the Mount, I struggle with the idea especially with the eye for the eye, the eye for an eye concept there. Um, you know, especially when it, I mean, the, the idea of like, but they deserve it, Roman. And you've got to, you, you've got to um, deter 
bad behavior. And what about the family of the people that have been killed? Don't they deserve justice? Don't Isn't there some retributive justice that they're entitled to? They lost a family member here. Right. Well, that's that's where I think Romans 12 comes in, is that what's God's will and not my own, especially when I'm angry or I'm upset or I... But Romans 13, the next chapter, says that these... You know, the government has been placed there. God has placed them there, the authorities there, to carry out justice. They are his messengers of justice. And that's right. what they've decided to do. All right, I'm done playing around <laughs> with you. Because, no, you're good. Because, you know, the, the truth is, is that I, I completely agree with you. And I, I'm against the death penalty, too. Right. All right? And the reason why is is not just because of the Sermon on the Mount and love for enemies. It's because of the entire arc of Scripture. Sure. Right. The scripture to me leads me to believe um, that you can't love somebody by killing them, regardless of what they've done. Right. I read stories like the story of the prodigal son. I read stories even in the Old Testament of somebody like David. And that is the Holy Spirit, I believe, mm-hmm. has led me and I think led you to that place. Now, Please, it's okay. You can still listen to our podcast if you're a pro-death penalty. Yeah. I'm not trying to make fun of you or fun on you or anything else. I mean, I understand people can come to different conclusions. But I do believe that the Holy Spirit can lead us places. Um, and not just the Holy Spirit, but you know, our experience about, um, about violence and about what, what happens in a society mm-hmm. that that says, you know, here's how we're going to react to this. We're going to violently kill you as a result. Like, I actually believe that the for, that forgiveness is much more powerful than retributive violence. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? I think the scripture bears that out. So that's what I, you see what I'm saying here is that it's not that I'm not using the scripture. I'm absolutely using the scripture. I just think the scripture, along with the spirit and experience, it leads us in a direction um, I will say this. I know we're sort of, you know, I guess sort of on the back half of this thing. We're sort of running. Where, where are we at right 41 now? 41 minutes. Holy smokes, man. <laughs> this this topic, it's something else. I know. But I would say this. I think that maybe some of the, some of the issue here, uh, perhaps, is that when you're trying to determine morality and when it's nailed to the scripture... And the scripture has to be held up as absolute truth that it's possible that in, in a moment, the scripture can turn into an idol, that the scripture can turn into an idol to be worshiped Mm -hmm. as opposed to God. Because I think what we both, here's where I put words into your mouth, but do, do tell me if I'm wrong, that what we both want is to, is to live out God's will Mm-hmm. And to follow um, the heart of God, and 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 to love Him, but to love other people at the best way He would have us do so. Sure, right. Yeah. And, and then you know we how we do that. Sometimes I believe can be very very messy and not easily nailed down, um, and and not even you know necessarily found in Scripture. Just like we pointed out with the death penalty, I think you have to do the messy work. Right. And, and maybe you come to a different conclusion than Roman and I do on the death penalty. Sure. That's fine. Yeah. But but you have to do that work of right. deeply thinking about Scripture and deeply thinking about these different examples. And I would suggest deeply thinking about the 
arc of scripture, the direction it's going in, mm-hmm. um, and and what you see more and more um, as as the the writers seem to have a greater and greater revelation of God and His character. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you know you you took the words right out of my mouth. And honestly, one of the people that gave me feedback, unknown source. That's what I'll say. But that person knows who they are. Um, was he's like, why don't why don't you consider big picture? And, you know, I was like, oh, because when you get into morality, it, you, people get technical so quickly. And, you know, the people that I've had the conversations with, even 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 our conversation, I think we both made points that are very technical. Yes. Sir. And, and get into the weeds. Right. For sure. and, 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 and let's just consider big picture for a second. And, and I think that you absolutely nailed it. And that's that's I'm so glad because that's where I wanted to go was was the idea that what like as long as we're, we're trying for God's will, that's that's the goal. That's the whole Christian existence is is being as as close to Christ like as we possibly can in our actions, in our words, in our in our life. Right, the whole Romans twelve being a living sacrifice thing. Right. Yes. And 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 if that is something that we're both going for, even though we may have a different perspective on something, I think big picture we both get it. Right. I think that you know just because. You know, we, you know, you look may look at something di- not even not even this in particular, but you right. may look at something different than me. That doesn't mean that hell for you. You know, I I don't, I don't think it works that way. Right. And, and if I did think it worked that way, like, well, I've got my red soul a cup of water here, so <laughs> yeah. Well, then, like, but but yeah, to say that, like, who am I, right? Like, and, yeah. And and I I I'm so glad that we can we can just we can both have that understanding. How about this? You know, you mentioned being Christ-like, um, and I, I've got to admit that some of my... Now, I, I hadn't even started this book before. You know, sometimes I, I'm convinced... I mean, I'm convinced God is active. I'm convinced the Holy Spirit is active. I don't think it all stopped, you know, once John put his pen down. Sure. Right? Um, and so anyway, after last week's class, I started a new book... And it's somebody I, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, uh, Jared Bias. He has a new book called Love Matters More. And I will tell you that that, you know, I've talked to a few people. I haven't talked to 30 or 40, but I've talked to a sure, few. I don't yeah. have that many friends, Roman. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm an old guy. You'll find out, you know, once you once you get to 40 years old, yeah. um, you know, you, you don't have the same number of friends. Right. People on the podcast, I'm not sure what our demo is, but people on the podcast will understand, you know, in your 20s, you're like, hey, what are you doing? That's like every night in your right. 30s, you know, it's like kids and see people every once in a while on the weekend. Right. 40s, it's just like, where'd everybody go? <laughs> <laughs> I am far away from 40. I just want to go ahead and point. You're, out. I know you're so, you're so far away, but back to the, my point is that, uh, this, this book has really, um, really spoke, uh, quite, uh, poignantly into right into this conversation. And one of the points he make when you talk about being Christ-like in this book, love matters more is that he says that, you know, something interesting about Jesus, about Jesus's life is that, I guess somebody counted. I didn't count it, but somebody counted. And apparently in the gospels, Jesus is asked something like 307 questions, right? Wow. And he asks in many times in response to these questions, just like you did to me before. What do you think, Brad? (laughs) Um, 183 times he asked questions. So he's asked 
300 and, um, oh no, I got it. I'm sorry. I got it. I got it backwards. Jesus asked 307 questions and he is asked 183 questions. Oh, wow. Do you want to know how many questions he directly answers with some absolute truth, with some biblical, Holy Spirit inspired, absolute, lay down the truth out of 183? I don't know. Three. Wow. He directly answers three questions out of 183. And in his engaging with people, mm-hmm. he asks over 300 questions. So if we're being Christ like, it seems to me that what Jesus is modeling to us is a searching and a seeking knowledge and a seeking wisdom. You know what Jesus could have done? Instead of asking 307 questions, couldn't he have just laid down like 307 platitudes? Oh, sure. Like, yeah. okay, guess what? I mean, we talked about how, you know, he doesn't mention homosexuality, for instance, but what he could have said, you know, death penalty. No, or death penalty, absolutely. Or he could have said, you know, military service, yes, absolutely. Or military service, no, be a conscientious objector. Mm-hmm. He could have, I mean, there's all these different right. areas that he could have addressed. And instead, what does he do? He asks questions, Yeah. right? And when he's asked questions, what does he do? He responds with another question. So I, I found that fascinating because to me, um, you know, we talk a lot about being Christ-like, mm-hmm. but then when we talk about morality, we end up sort of running to other places in the scripture that look as close to laws as they as we can find or as we can seem to find, something, something that we can hold on to, something that gives us certainty. Mm-hmm. But maybe what that's doing is letting us off the hook of doing the hard work of determining what is the moral right thing to do now in 2020 in October in the middle of a pandemic, right? Like right. what is the right thing to do now? And I know, I know what your answer, your answer is. Well, we just, we go to the scripture to find out, right? <laughs> wear a mask. That's the answer. Wear a mask. Um, yes. Exodus 13, 12, <laughs> wear a mask, but don't let it be uh, made of two different cloths. I woven say, together. I made the switch from like the regular over the ear mask to like the buff. Oh, I hit the microphone. I hope that wasn't super okay. loud. But I hit it with like a buff. It was a good change, a very good change. But I, Brad, I, I, I agree. And 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 you know, for, for for me, that that hard work is what I mentioned. I think towards the end, yeah, of the you last did. Episode you did. was like not just you know, oh, well, this is what the Bible says. It's like okay. This is the context of which the scripture was written. This is who the author was. This is who the audience is. This is what and why this was being said to these people because of society and culture and the events of the time. It, knowing those things it puts, puts, puts almost everything into perspective. It gives you such a greater idea and just knowledge in general of, of why that was written in the first place. And, and though it may seem difficult to understand or take in at times, especially when you just when you just read it without all of that, I guarantee you that having all of that background information, which takes which takes work, like you were saying, it's, right. you're not just going to like a lot of the times it's not just in your really cool study Bible that has all those little footnotes, right? right. Like you do it requires some more to do, right? You have to have the internet. 
the internet, Google is your best friend. I, right. I tell kids to use it in my class all the time. It's like, right. okay, Google, use Google. Yeah. And it does a couple things. One, they use the internet for Bible stuff. And then also all their ads on all their social media becomes Bible stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's positive. Well, you, you said doing the hard work. I would add to that, to what you said about mm-hmm. understanding the context, um, you know, le- learning more about the scripture, learning as much as we can about the scripture. Yeah. I would also say some hard work to do is to do a little work deconstructing the things that we accept because they're so um, ingrained and patterned. So the things, some of the things I talked about last week, the things in scripture that we actually ignore, right? Mm -hmm. So like if your church does allow women to actually open their mouths and speak, Mm -hmm. right? The, or, or to put a, or, or to right. come in that in, in with, with, without a head covering, right? Like there are things that we are ignoring in the scripture, right? Like we're, we are interpreting it away. We're doing it somehow. Or, you know, if, if you're, uh, there's, there's a number of examples of, of in the scripture where we don't necessarily follow the same practice. Mm-hmm. Now I, I'm saying you need to do the hard work of, of like, of examining that and to say, okay, if we're not following that, why are we not following that? Are we, are we following some sort of principle rule or are we starting with the conclusion that whatever we're doing right now is right? Mm -hmm. And so then we need to go backwards to the scripture and we need to make sure we can find a way to make that work. Yeah, so scary. that when we finish our analysis, scary. we come to the conclusion that what we have always been doing is right. Why? Because we've always been doing it. I think that is the, there is hard work to be done there because what will happen there is that can bring you to a place where you do end up having some disagreement, mm-hmm. you know, with, with friends, with family members, with church leaders, with institutions, or you, you have to have uh, discussions, you have different perspectives and you yeah. have to engage on it. So you know, I hope that we, I th- think, you know, th- this is an environment where we can do that. I'm no, glad yeah. that we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you said something there that is, I think quintessential because it's happened to every person ever. And that is the idea was starting with the idea of me being right. Yeah. And, and, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like you, you, people are wrong in that, but sometimes people are wrong in that. Sometimes you're not right. And so in that idea of sometimes not being right, um, why don't you just take, you know, all your situations and obviously we'll go your, your biblically moral situations, things that you may be struggling with, take it from the perspective from the beginning that maybe I'm wrong and, and how can I get to a point where I am right? And, and if I come to the conclusion that what I've been doing is right, then yay me. But if I can come to the conclusion that I need to start doing something different, then yay me, because now I can start do, I can start going and doing whatever that is. Right. And, and, and it's, and, and I would like to consider that a blessing that has been given by God to be able to take the opportunity that he's giving me out of my humility right. to change and to understand that, okay, I was wrong. Let's be better. Right. And, and so, you know, we're, we're starting to wrap up and I'm just starting to wrap up, just though. starting, <laughs> just starting to wrap up. But I, I am, I'm so glad for this discussion because this is, I don't want to say this was tough because I enjoyed it. Like I really, really, I thought, I think just, oh man, like I know that like Brad and I are going to talk after the episode, but I'm yeah. already going to tell you, Brad, that I already, I have already enjoyed it 
great. Me too. Me too, Roman. Um, Mostly because of the scent coming from this candle. <laughs> but no, no, it's been. It's been I was great. really going to say the the cigar lounge feel to the room. Y- yes, I, the former occupant of of this <laughs> of this office uh, listened to the podcast recently and and heard that we described it as a cigar lounge and texted me today about that. So yeah, shout shout out uh, shout out to my boy Benji out there. Yeah. Um, so that's all I got. I mean, I am, I am really glad Brad for you and for the perspective that you bring because it, it genuinely helps me grow and I need that. Well, I I appreciate it. it. And I, you know, that this is maybe why I said, you know, just starting to wrap up one last, I guess, seed to plant. Cause I, I mentioned last week, um, and, and a couple times this week about sort of the arc of scripture and the direction of scripture. And you know, just to just to sort of lay out maybe a little bit more fully where I am right now. I say that with all humility because this is not where I was ten years ago. Right. Right. This is not where I was necessarily five years ago, and certainly not where I was twenty years ago. So I don't know where I'll be in five years or ten years. Mm-hmm. I hope that the things that we just agreed on, which is, you know, I I I I firmly believe that I will be seeking. Uh, what God wants and and, and, and seeking God's will and Mm -hmm. seeking to love him and love people more and better. Um, But where I am right now is that I truly believe that the scripture um, is so vitally important to teach us things and, and to, and to, uh, and to help us Mm -hmm. gain wisdom. But when the scripture says in in Proverbs, for instance, that we should do everything we can to get wisdom, right? And when Jesus asks three hundred questions and you know and and responds with you know one hundred eighty three more and only answers three, what this is telling me is that we should be continuing to try to learn and continuing to seek God's will. Mm-hmm. That the wisdom, if if the Proverbs had said, you know, the way to get wisdom is just to memorize the scripture. I mean, there really might not be much point of a podcast if the only, if wisdom was just from the scripture, right? So, um, not, not that wisdom can't come from the scripture, but I guess, uh, again, to, to sort of wrap up, Mm -hmm. I think it's quite possible for us to allow the scripture to bring us to a place where we are open for the spirit. We are open for God's leading. We are open um, to, to try our best to be moral in the sense that we're trying to do the right thing. That's what we're trying to do, right? Right. We're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to avoid the wrong thing. And we're trying not to allow our own prejudices and selfishness and all those different things mm-hmm. uh, lead us astray. Um, but man, I, I really appreciate you and uh, appreciate our conversation. This has been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so as we think about next week and um, even moving forward, I think we're really going to start diving into relationships. And especially before the holiday season, I think that it is such – it's a crucial conversation to have because this is a time when, I mean, I mean, the winter months in of themselves, people struggle with themselves and their relationships in general. But right. then when you get into holidays, you're with family and people that sometimes you don't see that often. And so yes. those relationships can be kind of weird. 
And um, I think next week we really want to get into, you know, how love can um, maybe permeate and or, or how you can, you know, maybe fuel that love can kind of fuel the different relationships you have. Yes. Um, not even necessarily just like husband and wife or whatever, boyfriend and girlfriend, but like your boss or your best friend or your aunt that you see once a year. Right. And, and um, how we can maybe, you know, how that love really pushes that relationship forward or maybe it's pushing it or maybe it's not there and it's, you know, something's pushing it away. So. Well, we're talking about drawing lines. So we're, we're going to talk about how, how that works with love too. Yeah. And so I think it'll be a good discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for being with us today. Uh, please remember to subscribe and give us a rating if you do have a desire um, and you guys have a blessed day.